Welcome to the Hannibal Files, a Strange Harbors podcast. This is a weekly discussion of Brian Fuller's serial killer drama Hannibal, which is now streaming on Netflix. Tonight, I'm joined by Amir Ture and Derek Wong. All right, so tonight we'll be discussing episodes 9 and 10 of Hannibal's first season, titled Chu Nomang and Buffet Fua. So that pronunciation, Jeff. Oh, yeah, it's very hard to pronounce these episode names. Um, keeping with the tradition of French culinary terms and, uh, and the like, um, Chu Nomang refers to the tradition of an apple brandy served between courses to reset your appetite. Um, so does that apply to this episode? Do you think, uh, it's indicative of what the episode represents? What do you guys think? Did you guys like the episode? Did you guys enjoy it? Thinking about the, the past couple episodes, I mean, isn't this kind of not the reintroduction, but we haven't seen Abigail in a while, right? Yes, yes. So the it's almost like, hey, we're kind of re-cleansing the palette and bringing back and, and reminding you of this other character that's been kind of gone for the past couple episodes. So yeah, maybe maybe the title is is appropriate for... I'm not going to try to pronounce it. Maybe it is appropriate <laughs> for, <laughs> for episode nine. Yeah. Abigail's our apple brandy. Yes. Yes, yes I, would, I would say so. <laughs> I think this goes for both the episodes tonight. I think I enjoyed both of them, but I don't think either one is really a standout in my book. I think we've been fortunate that the past couple of weeks we've had a pairing of episodes where one is definitely much weaker than the other um, and one being like a really standout episode. But I think the, both these episodes are a little bit more on par for me and they're both still good, just maybe not spectacular. Yeah, I don't think they're like essential, but yeah, yeah. they're just okay. they're just okay. There's no, mm-hmm. nothing really, nothing particularly compelling in either of them for me. The killer of the week thing is just getting very, very weak. W e a k. It's uh, it's very yeah, just insubstantial. Um, and this is in contrast to the main character work, which is so compelling. So. I don't know, it's hard to care too much about the killer of the week, even though they do a good job of trying to draw parallels between the main characters and the killers. It's just very difficult. Um, it's just very difficult to care. And I also think for the 10th episode, the medical stuff bothered me a little bit. We'll get into that. Ooh, okay. I, Ooh, yeah, I want to yeah, pick your brain on that. Yeah, I want to uh, hear that. But yeah, I, I, I do agree with you, Amir. I, I think it, it's very uh, telltale when they figured out who the killer of the week was and dealt with him and there was still like 10 minutes left of this episode right it really shows me that they don't really care about it and it's just a stepping stone to be a little bit more i guess uh serialized and formulaic and maybe appeal to a certain audience versus the stuff i'm really interested is the stuff with will and abigail and and hannibal and jack right it's not really this killer of the week but they did get lance henriksen as yeah that's a really cool yeah really cool Uh, casting yeah, Bishop yeah. Bishop himself from <laughs> the Alien franchise, right? Um, That's right. It is pretty badass. It, we're skipping around. This is the end where he, he's just sitting there and he's like, I yeah. knew you guys were coming. I let you guys find me. But then, you know, he gets he gets he gets his right by the end of the scene. Right, right. Um, so a bit of a, a reference, actually, because I believe Brian Fuller hired Lance Henriksen because of his role on Chris Carter's Millennium. Do you guys remember this show? Not even a little. That name does not ring a bell at all. What it was is the premise? a paranormal investigation show that became a crossover with the X-Files. So the character... What? Uh, the main character, played by Lance Henriksen, he made a guest appearance on the X-Files after the show. Um, was over, which is very interesting. And I think they got Lance Henriksen for this because on Millennium, he could get into like the minds of criminals. So it's a very cute little parallel with with Will Graham, right? So that's Mm. an interesting little tidbit for you guys. Very short-lived show. How many seasons did it run? So only uh, three seasons. Not, not bad. That's not, not awful. A, I mean, it yeah, ran the same amount of seasons as Hannibal. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But it was, it was I, I admit, it was kind of cool casting to see him as our, our killer of the week. And it makes me wish that we got to see more of him. I mean, we really only got the one scene um, with him. But, I mean, in, in that one scene, he was very creepy and pulled yeah, off what very creepy. I think uh, the director probably asked of him, you know. Yeah. 
Um, so what I think about this episode is that I found it to have a very compelling symmetry that acts like a thread through all the characters. And I think it's like a theme of like building or like constructing or controlling your narrative that I found very, very interesting. Everyone's trying to control their own narrative to a certain Mm. extent. Because you have Hannibal on one side who's so in control of everything and then like He's so in control that he gets to like fuck around with other people and like do all this stuff. He's he he's like the puppet master, right? He's got like the strings on everyone. Um, and I guess his parallel is what's this guy's name? Lawrence Wells, Larry Wells, is that the killer's name? Something like that, yeah. Something like that. And he's also super in control of his killings, right? Until <laughs> he makes that really big fuck up in the end, his last kill, which will get into right um so i mean he went decades without being caught right he disguised his victims as um as accidents and yeah so like for him it's about like the result and not the journey so that's how like he's creating his story and then abigail's trying to construct her own narrative with like freddie lounds and then will is completely out of control his shit is totally fucked up right like He's lost complete control of what's going on with him. He's losing time now. Like, his sleepwalking has been escalated to, like, losing time, which is pretty insane, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, so I, I thought I thought it was nice little parallels. And, and Jack, too. Jack is, like, trying to force this Abigail narrative to fit uh, what's going on, right? So, like, it, it's really interesting, actually. I think, I think it's... I think, there's some compelling stuff here. Um, I don't know what you guys think about that. For me, the most interesting kind of parallel between the killer of the week and our our cast this week was, I, I think the uh, the kind of the parallel between him and Abigail, like, or he says like in his little speech to Jack and Will, like he ingratiated himself into like the families, like he was like able to to sit there and like go to church with the family and look them in the eye and knowing full well that he had like killed their family mm, member. Mm-mm. And then at the end of the episode, we see Abigail, right? We see that flashback of Abigail and her father on the train. Right. And then, and then she's kind of ingratiating herself with these victims that she knows is going to fall to her father. So I really, I, I really enjoyed that parallel between our, you know, killer of the week and our main cast. But, you know, That's other great. than that, like a lot of the uh, other killer of the week stuff was a little, like Amir had already admitted, a little weak. But I do like the visual. I did like the visual right at the beginning with the big giant totem of people. No idea how he did that by himself, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah definitely yeah. skipping some of the logical stuff. Of a, yeah, for like, sure. I don't know how you can spend so much time on a beach or like hoist that up by yourself. But and nobody noticed him. Yeah. Very cool yeah. visual. Very cool visual. Pretty, pretty gross. So like it's a totem pole and it's got all these bodies frozen on it and it's like folded in like disgusting ways and that's it's a great little visual here um and what's interesting to me about this kill of the week or how they handled this kill of the week was they really had the the graphic design department working this week with the giant photos right that they took and mm, printed out right, right, and yeah. at some point they were using some kind of diorama yeah. <laughs> right? And where they kind of like pick, picked out where each person was. I was like, wow, they really yeah, went right. into full detail on this one this week. <laughs> yeah, lots of trips to FedEx Kinkos. Jesus. Yes. <laughs> I imagine those workers were just like, what the fuck am I printing out? <laughs> yeah. So to um, pivot, pivot, pivot back to narrative control, you were talking about the importance of narrative and controlling your own narrative. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one aspect of the self, like one way that we like determine who our identity is, is in our continuity of self, our, our continually, our continual like identity of, it's called the narrative self, like someone who you're telling yourself a story about who you are and that self is continuous over time, right? So right. like Will, Will is losing that. Um, mm-hmm. Hannibal's risking losing that because of Abigail. Right. right? Abigail, he's like protecting Abigail, right? Right. And also Abigail now has the ability to kind of out him, or did anyway, right? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Hannibal's also, by kind of corrupting Will and bringing him in into 
this secret, he's also compromising the the story that Will tells about himself and who he is. Mm-hmm. Right? You're changing who you're changing who Will is because now Will is part of this lie. Yes, um, he's complicit. Yeah, and so I, mm-hmm. I think that yeah, I kind of like this idea of like the uh, of the importance of controlling narrative because then also yeah, the killer of the week as well, and the killer of the week getting his narrative wrong, not knowing who his victim was, completely flips everything around on its head for him. Right, exactly. So, right, exactly. Yeah, I, I kind of uh, like that. Like that. So I'm not sure if this is clear in the episode. So what is this killer's mo? He started having an affair with some guy's wife, and then he killed the guy, right? That, that was his first victim, correct? I think so, yeah. I think that's yes. And then, And then he, that's how he got a taste for killing, and all of the other ones were random victims? Yeah, that, yeah. That's what happened, right? And then, so he wanted to bring it full circle by killing the child of the guy and the woman that he had had an affair with, but it turned out to be his own son, so yes. he ruined his own little legacy there, right? Um, mm-hmm. So that's like the whole point of the the thing. But I I was just curious about like what the other victims had to do. Nothing, right? It was just nothing. So that was that his was, yeah. thing. He picked people at random. That's why he was right, 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 right. He yeah. didn't have like an mo or like one person was killed with this method, one was killed with that method. They were basically random people, not at all associated with him. What he enjoyed was the not being caught. The Killing like like Derek was saying, right, killing somebody right, right, and then right. like looking their family member in the eye and nobody knowing. Um, like he like his the thing he seemed to enjoy was the not being caught part. The right. like the silent killerness of it, I guess. Like the smug knowledge that you know you did something and nobody else knows. Mm-hmm. Like that right. seemed to be the thing he got off on. And like he's like the proverbial um, intelligent pure sociopath uh, that's so difficult to catch, right? Right, that's discussed. Right, right. That's discussed so many times in this show. But I guess Hannibal is also an example of right. Right. Although Hannibal, I suppose, has his his ammo. He has his uh, predilections. Um, to be honest, I feel like this guy Larry Wells. I feel like he would have a better chance of getting away with shit than Hannibal because yeah, Hannibal's sure. got this like he's got like this the need Hannibal for thing and like the theatricality. Like, yeah, exactly, exactly. But this guy's like just disguising his kills as mundane accidents, right? So it's like no, yeah, the um, guy definitely yeah, had. Yeah. He, I mean, he had gotten away with it until the yeah, last one. Yeah, he did get. Yeah, he decided exactly. he wanted to be caught. And another yeah. note about him deciding he wanted to be caught: the reason he gives is actually really interesting. He says, yeah, actually, jail is actually going to be like a picnic compared to the kind of retirement yeah. I can afford, which I thought right, was really right, right. like, as much as he's a scumbag serial killer, like that's that's, that's kind of a poignant note on uh, like late 2000s uh, America, right? Yeah. Like that's that's just incredibly fucked, no, no matter which way you look at it. Yeah. Like a little commentary on our society and how we treat people who are incarcerated or like people in like homes or something i guess like it's it's interesting i think but also a lot of stuff going on like the one thing that kind of bothered me was how forceful and adamant jack was about getting to abigail i feel like his like hard on to like convict abigail is like (laughs) really out of nowhere i guess not because he He's been saying that she's been complicit with Garrett Jacob Hobbs this entire time, right? But like, yeah, and I he's guess right. After, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's right. He's right. Yeah, he's so, right. He's right. Um, but then we get that scene with Jack and Alana, though, right? Where then Alana blows up and says, "You know, my reservations about Abigail don't extend to Hannibal." Exactly, and that so was really is, fucked but up. Is she too, calling right? out? Jack then is this our first indication that Jack he keeps targeting Abigail but in in actuality he's he's actually worried about Hannibal or is that Alana's reservation you believe her I think Abigail Hobbs is damaged there is something she's using every ounce of that strength to keep buried but it's not the murder of Nicholas Boyle Jack what makes you so sure because any reservations I have about Abigail don't extend to Hannibal He has no reason to lie about any of this. Well, she's saying that Abigail has every reason to lie. But since Hannibal's backing Abigail's story, he has no reason to do so, which is completely wrong. But, like, that's something that Jack should buy, right? Because they have no reason to suspect Hannibal. So, like, Hannibal is 
supporting oh, that story. You know what I mean? So she, that's, she's that's saying, what like, I well, say. if you're not trusting Abigail, that means you don't trust you Hannibal. Should, you, exactly. Exactly. Which is very ironic, very funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of very funny wrong. In show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's so yeah, there's so many lines in the show like that. So uh, speaking of, I mean, like you, you talked about the the killer of the week's motives on you know all those bodies in between the forty years of what he was doing it. I didn't quite understand. Besides Abigail saying that she wants, and, and this goes with your theme about being in control, right? And her wanting to control her own narrative, and that's why she's the one who dug up Nick Boyle's body. Yes, she did. She did oh, dig okay. up Nicholas Boyle's body. Yeah. Besides, just like the narrative of saying, like. I, I think she says something about, well, she wanted to be the one to be in control of when, you know, his body was found. But then I'm still trying to understand why. Like, is it just because she's haunted by it and she just wants it out there? You know, that, that so that someone finds finds his body? Like, I didn't quite understand why she would want to dig up his body. I think she's doing it because she's ready to tell her story with Freddie Lowndes saying that she killed Nick Boyle in self-defense. But then it's not admitted at, by the end of the episode to check no. that. It's not exactly clear, yeah. Yeah, it, for me, it wasn't very clear. Like, uh, we find out that she is the one that digs it up. But I'm not understanding why. Like, there's no explanation at that. Yeah, so I, that, that was like one loose end that I didn't quite, didn't sit well with me in this episode. Yeah, they don't really explain why she did that other than... She wants to tell that story with Freddie. I don't, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. Um, but the, the big bombshell is that in this episode is that Hannibal admits to Will that both of them are complicit in Nick Boyle's death, right? Because mm-hmm. he helped Abigail hide the body, right? And if Hannibal didn't protect her, then Jack Crawford would have made her pay for, uh, her father, Garrett Jacob Hobbs' crimes right and she would have been like blamed for for everything she would have been like scapegoat and that's like the big the big bombshell right it's it's interesting because hannibal tells like lies with truth and truth with lies so it's like it's it's all a game to him you know mm-hmm. um so it's it's interesting yeah. yeah he's very creepy because like especially when he starts doing like i don't know paternal things with abigail or like friendship things with will you're just like and it's skin crawling, right? Because yeah. he's, because you know that in his head he's just completely just manipulating these people and just playing with them. Yeah, yeah, because he's able to talk out that situation and then basically c- convince Will don't turn in Abigail because I mean Will goes to Hannibal to confirm his own suspicions that Hannibal already knew, and they have they they, they talk it through and like I I feel like Will was already he was ready to tell Jack. But then by the end of the scene, they, I guess they kind of both agree to be complicit in this this ruse going forward and protecting Abigail. Yeah, it's 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 interesting to see Hannibal just the the use of his words and his demeanor and and just his power over Will, I guess, in a sense. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things going on too because like part of you wants to think like, oh, Hannibal's just doing this, you know, he's he's just sowing more chaos, right? Like he wants to see what happens, but. He also has an element of self-interest in this that he doesn't when he's, like, messing with other people, right? Because his complicitness is tied with Abigail, right? So, because she could she could unravel this whole thing, you know? So, like, there is, I feel, uh, a genuine regard for Abigail here that you don't really see when he's doing other things. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, even if it is a cover for his self-interest in like not being caught, at least for yeah. for Nick Boyle. Um, yeah, I don't um, think it's entirely a cover. I think there's probably some genuine whatever passes for genuine feeling for Abigail, uh, and there's some genuine attraction to Will with Abigail. It's a question: how much does he want to just use her as a tool and yeah. or mold her in his image, and how much you know is genuine "quote unquote" affection? I mean, I don't know. But, like uh, how much, how much paternal regard and or compassion can Satan really have? Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. A lot. Have you not seen Little Nicky with Adam Sandler? <laughs> 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 yeah, That's a terrible movie reference. Nice. But, uh, <laughs> I like that. But I think the most fucked up scene in this episode is when Jack is taking Abigail to Nick's body and forcing mm. that image onto her. It's really. Yeah 
fucked up because he was like in the snow. He's like half rotted. He's like making her look at him. But then what we learn is that she is an amazing actress, right? Like not the actor, but like the character of Abigail is an amazing actress that gets by this scene, right? Without telling, you know, she doesn't completely lie, but she also like is telling like half truths, right? Those emotions that I think she kind of expresses are, are very genuine. But of course, right. she's not telling the whole truth. Like, like some people say, like the best lies have a kernel of truth in them, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. And it's interesting because they they make they make that scene where it's so easy to be against Jack, just the way that he's conducting the investigation and how harsh he is, and how Alana, Hannibal, and Will tell him like, "This is fucked up. You shouldn't be doing this." Abigail's in like a fragile mental state and what you did was really really wrong and like it's really easy to side against jack but like jack is right right because like abigail in the end of at the end of the episode she's like i did participate in these killings i was the bait i lured Mm -hmm. all these girls in you know it's it's funny how how the show like plays with your emotion you know it's uh yeah i mean that was 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 really surprising and then but then we also learned that like Hannibal had suspicions and basically already knew the whole time. So it's like, there's a lot of bombshells in this episode. A lot of things revealed. Hannibal knows everything. Everything. <laughs> everything. He probably smelled it on her. Right? Yeah. 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 Super yes. nose. Yeah, I mean, I give Abigail as an actor credit, but then I also want to give Casey Rolls, the actress, yeah, some credit. Because Casey Rolls, very good. I do love that last scene or the dinner scene. And um, Leon says, uh, everyone has something to hide. And then we see like Will quickly look at abigail and abigail looks back at will and then you see her face just kind of like droop down a little like she realizes that will now knows or like she knows that will knows now at this point so like Mm -hmm. i think those just small little facial tics or facial expressions are really just show the kind of the range that she has as an actress yeah yeah for sure i did did like the way that will found out as well like his little empathy superpower uh Mm mm-hmm Coming to coming to good use in his like personal life, well, not personal life, but coming to use in the, in a different arena as well, like not just on a case, but like you know, yeah, he's not he's yeah. not just having weird unsettling nightmares. His brain is still also working overtime to find solutions to problems, and then he yeah. just gets this stroke of genius, like oh, yep, Abigail did it, uh, or you know, whatever. She just gets it. He just gets yeah, it. Yeah, because he's, I, I he's like doing that. that thing with uh, Nicholas Boyle's uh, body, right? And then like he realizes yeah, it's got to like be that. Abigail. Yeah. Um, so I got I got to ask you guys: Do you guys buy Abigail's excuse for helping his father, uh, her father, that if she didn't help with the killings, that he would kill her? Do you guys buy that, or do you guys yeah, not yeah. buy that? It seems mm-hmm. it seems credible because it seems like that's kind of always where he was headed, just from right, right, right. And that it seems like that's kind of what happened, right? And then like, um. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it yeah. seems credible in terms it's easy of buying, to buy, right? I yeah, mean, like, yeah. does does that excuse it? No, but like, do you understand? Yeah. Sure. And I mean, that's also her father, right? And so, like, yeah, you know, you're always going to be prone to like manipulation and abuse by like those figures who are, you know, the adults in your life or closest to you. Who I don't know. I mean, God knows how yeah. long he's been making her do this shit. So, like, it's just yeah. Is there anything else for this episode, or should we move on to our yeah, so. episode ten? Yeah, we can move on to episode ten. It begins with like this. It's like a horror scene, right? Yeah, it's, it's, a movie. it's definitely yeah. a horror movie scene. Um, this this girl, her name's Beth LeBeau, and she's getting ready for bed. Um, and she's like, "What happened?" She she notices there's like a leak coming from the ceiling, right? And she goes to the attic to check it out. There's like a hole in the attic, um, and she puts like a tarp on it to patch it. And then she returns to her room, and then these hands reach out from underneath her bed and they yank her under. There's like a huge spray of blood that comes out from under the bed. Um, and that's our, that's our cold open, right? Uh, we don't see our killer, but this is our first introduction to um, this week's killer of the week, Georgia Madchen. All right. So um, I have two, two little nitpicks with this, this opening scene. One, I don't live, you know, where there's snow and I don't live in a cabin, but if there's this giant, like, 24 inch by 24 inch hole in my roof where snow is getting through i i kind of wonder what could have caused that and she because the way she acted it it was like oh this happens i just gotta seal it up and i'll deal with it in the morning versus 
that's not a red flag that there's this giant hole in your roof. Like, I don't know. Maybe like a from? maybe like a big branch fell through the thing, and I don't know. It bounced off and went. I'm not gonna. Where am I gonna go in the middle of the night? Get a hotel room for when it's like snowing? No. It's like well, there's a hole in the roof, so I'll deal it within the morning. I could see that. I'm not. Well, if I'm gonna, yeah, if I'm, if I'm gonna choose. I think maybe it's like a large animal or something, a raccoon, yeah, or yeah. something. Right. You know, yeah, I don't know. Right. My other nitpick is that I swear she's sleeping in like a twin size bed, and when she gets pulled <laughs> in, she gets pulled in like perpendicular to the bed, like all the way into the bed. I'm like, where does she go? Right. That's true. That's really sad. Against the wall, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, mm, that's not that big. But I will suspend my disbelief for the sake <laughs> of a, a really cool visual. Uh, but yeah, that was just my two little small little nitpicks. It's not like a big deal. I just, I just those those are the kind of things that run through my head when I'm watching these these episodes. Yeah. Cool. But the the next scene is really interesting, right? This is when we get our interaction between Will and Hannibal at his office, and mm-hmm. uh, we get. The, the first instance of him drawing the clock. Mm-hmm. He says, describe the, or draw time and describe where you are. And, you know, he says, I'm in, I don't remember where he says, it's 716. And then we see it in two different perspectives, right? He's drawing it and he, it looks fine. But then when we hand it over to Hannibal and we see in Hannibal's perspective, it's all fucked up. Like all the numbers are to one side and like the, the hands aren't even on the face of the clock. It's completely like a skew, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, so kind of fucked up for Hannibal to not even say anything. He's like, mm, this is funny. <laughs> this is cute. I'll put it on my fridge. Amir, you mentioned some wanting to talk a little bit about some of the, the medical yeah, things. Yeah, is this yeah. one of them or is, so, or we, is it later? Um, no, I mean, this is like whatever. I mean, it, it looks like Will's got a little bit of like, I don't know, hemispatial neglect or some like constructional apraxia. Um, he like either isn't like attending to like the whole left side or he's having a bit uh, difficulty like constructing uh, a good clock because of like, uh, some, de- uh, some deficits in the brain. Um, this didn't so bug me is so, it, so much. Is it a side effect of like encephalitis, as we learn okay. later that he has? I guess, I guess you could get this with an. Uh, you could, I guess you could get this with encephalitis. It's not like the typical thing, but like, like the fact that he's hallucinating and like his mood stuff and like the duration of like uh, the onset of the disease. Like it does kind of fit an encephalitis picture. If you guys have seen like Brain on Fire. Mm, yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. that. That this is the same disease, the anti-NMDA receptor encephalitis. Um, it's the same thing, like a kind of subacute onset of like uh, neuropsychiatric symptoms, no other cause. Um, yeah, um, the things that bug me, I guess we can we can get we can we can get is, into them later as we is later it, okay. more with George Imagine. Um, no, no, or, no, it was it was, or, it was actually more with him. But the killer this week is played by uh, Ellen Muth, who is a Brian Fuller uh, alum. alum. Yes, she was on Dead Like Me, um, where she played a dead person who becomes a Grim Reaper. Very fitting, because here, the character that she plays, Georgia Madchen, also believes that she is dead. Right? That's That's her... That's her whole thing. Um, Ellen Muth, the actress, her character on Dead Like Me, her name was Georgia Lass, which is very interesting because that is Miriam Lass's last name. So Brian Fuller taking a lot of names and uh, titles from his other shows, right? Hmm. It's, it's very interesting. So that 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 is that is a real thing, like uh, the Qatar delusion or whatever. That's definitely a real thing. Um, hmm. Believing that you're dead and uh, also believing that like, people... Um, around you've been replaced with imposters. Does that typically go hand in hand with face blindness, or are they just mashing not shit really. together? Like, here? Not seems, really, right? It, it okay. seems to me. It seems to me like they're putting two things together: the prospect of mm-hmm. the inability to uh, uh, identify faces, and the and the, and the uh, Qatar delusion. I think those are probably two separate things. But then, and then there's mm-hmm. like the cat grass, where you feel like people around you've been replaced with imposters. Um, but the Qatar is pretty rare. And, like, I don't know about all the other stuff that's going on with her medically. Like, there's all kinds of other things that are wrong with her as well, yeah. it, seems, it seems like. Um, but uh, they did do okay with, like, the treatment because you can use, like, electroconvulsive therapy for it. And, like, uh, you can use, like, uh, 
Um, and apparently it's actually fairly effective. So they were, mm. they, were on, they, were, they were right on with that, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Well, sorry. So the the main thing that we find out, and it, it go, this is like the the nice, I guess, parallel between our Killer of the Week and, and Will this weekend is that it's, it's a lot about mental illness, right? We learned that Ma- Georgia Match at the end is, is really dealing with a case of mental illness. But then there's some physical ramifications to it. Is that just malnutrition that's causing that? Or is that a different condition where like you know she skin gets pulled off like her whole arm gets pulled off right i think that's something else uh they mentioned that she had uh uh that, that they were suspecting she might have had a staph infection or something like that mm. um which as far as i know doesn't do that but like i guess i don't know they were going for some kind of combination of like malnourished and infected and uh, mm. uh, okay dehydrated and whatever but i don't think that's related to the psychologist to her psychiatric uh, yeah this yeah. this poor girl just like got every single malady yeah <laughs> <laughs> just throw everything in the kitchen sink into this right it's uh but yeah so will's episodes of losing time are getting worse and worse right because this one's crazy this, this one's, one's crazy because yeah. like the next scene he's like fishing and he brings fish home um and what is he doing he's like slicing it open on the kitchen counter the fish Mm -hmm. but like when he does that like there's like human blood coming out of the fish and then like when he wakes up he's covered in the blood of uh beth lebeau the victim in the beginning of the episode right um because he's done his thing or he's done his little he's gone to the crime scene done his superpower right but then he wakes up at the moment after he's done all that and he's already like tampered with the the crime scene which is yeah yeah and then and then jack's like what the fuck man you've never like contaminated a crime scene before what's going on yeah yeah um but this uh this this kill is pretty grisly too because like she's got like that glasgow smile where like her face is cut at the mouth like down to like the cheek and like Mm -hmm. her head is like all torn back there's like a ton of blood it's uh it's gross and then i i do like the conversation between like will and jack you know where jack's talking about like he sees fear in in will's face and and will's being a little you know turned with him and then he says the line uh fear makes you rude will i love <laughs> i love that right the, yeah, that, was a that, great one. that uh you know hannibal typically eats the root yeah yeah, but it is interesting that Will in himself recognizes that his crazy isn't like a psychological thing or, you know, he's convinced that it's not a psychological thing, right? And he keeps trying to tell Hannibal, I think it's a physical ailment that's causing his, you know, hallucinations and time loss and everything. And it's the all-powerful Hannibal that's really manipulating this to you know by the end will thinks then now it is a psychological uh, ailment versus you know we we find out with his scans in the mri that he is suffering from encephalitis so it is a, it is physical in a sense right so what is mm-hmm. hannibal's motive here is he just trying to throw will off of his own scent like what's why is he so fixated on doing this to will because it's fun oh it's so cruel i just can't Oh, which is sick. Yeah. This is, yeah, just, I don't know, the, uh, yeah, Hannibal hiding the diagnosis from him, and this other doctor going along with it. That really bugged me. It's just so unethical. Uh, yeah. So, the other doctor, Dr. Sutcliffe, like, so easily convinced, like, you know, basically saying, like, you can become famous if you, you know, have some kind of research breakthrough with our, our little experiment with Will. It's like, just so weird. Like, who would do that? And, yeah. like, you would think like doctors would take their Hippocratic oath more seriously. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it's t- clearly it's TV, not on this show. So I guess you, you have got to like- you got uh, what's his face, uh, Frederick Chilton. You've got this fucking asshole, Doctor Sutcliffe. Yeah, I guess um, it's TV, so you have to get you have to give them super like, immoral leeway or whatever. But like, how many? Yeah, it's just so immoral. How many people would do that? Like, it's just so. That that actually bugged me about the episode, and I know I didn't like how they also medicalized everything. Like, why do they have to give this girl Catard syndrome in order for her to like? What does Catard syndrome have to do with killing people? And then like, why is everything now? Why does she have like eight different medical conditions layered on top of each other? Like, I just I didn't like. She's like a killer. It's like it's like this kind of like otherism, you know? Like yeah, and then, her, and then you're making yeah, it yeah, out, know, out to be like okay, mentally ill people are all like killers or whatever. It's like, okay, if it's like, like if it's like one thing, like it, it's a little more. 
palatable but like this is like everything you know and then then you're also like stigmatizing mentally ill people yeah people are more likely to be taken advantage of by other people than the other way around like it's just like the whole thing Uh, i mean they do hang a lampshade on it even though it's not enough like george's mother right because she says um what i learned is like how little is actually known about mental Mm -hmm. illness right Mm -hmm. all i know is it's really about finding solutions it's just about what what does she say managing, managing expectations, expectations right, right. Yep. yeah so they do hang a lampshade on it but like you're you're definitely right it, this um probably not the most sensitive portrayal of <laughs> mental illness here yeah um, and yeah and i just didn't like uh you know you're throwing all these medical conditions and making the medical conditions the source of the yeah trailer. yeah i just, yeah, I just um, didn't, didn't like it to speak more about Hannibal, Hannibal does have an endgame to answer your question without really answering it. Yeah, it's um, kind of like his, yeah, his yeah. plan we don't will definitely know yet. Yeah. come I mean, into like, focus. My guess would um, be he's trying to turn Will into a killer, right? Like That, that seems mm-hmm. to be like, uh, mold him after himself or something. Or that's definitely like a good, a potentially good reading for that. Um, I, yeah, I've, at this point, I don't think we quite, or you don't, you don't quite know, but like your reading is correct. Like this is a really dick move to do right this is like, yeah, it's like so why awful. would you do it's that so what a, yeah it's it's almost a new low for hannibal in a and and yeah and just to go along with that it's just the whole thing is off and, and like this yeah. isn't even a condition that's so rare that you'd be like ooh, let me jump at the once in a lifetime where you do something so unethical and awful to somebody mm-hmm. like it's not i don't know it's just yeah it's, also you know. very very convenient that um, Georgia has face blindness, right? Because yes, right. yeah, yeah. She walks in. She walks in on uh, Hannibal killing Doctor Sutcliffe, right? Um, Imitating and, uh, basically her. Yes, yes, right. Yes, Hannibal, exactly. gets a, Hannibal, get, Hannibal gets a lot of cover from the fact that there's like eighteen thousand serial killers per capita <laughs> in the Maryland of this world, or wherever the Delaware of this world as well. Like there's just so many more serial killers in this world than in the real life that like yeah. he can just imitate somebody else. Also, I want to point out um, Hannibal's excellent sartorial choices with his rubber suit over his yeah. actual suit. Yeah, yeah, very, yeah. very, very. So cool. I was going to ask: Is this the first time we're seeing that suit? Correct. Yes, it is. Yeah, I've yes. never seen it before. So, is it also the first time we're actually seeing Hannibal do? Yes, his in the middle thing, of right? yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't think we've ever seen him actually commit murder. I mean, we don't see him kill Doctor Sutcliffe, but he's in the middle of mutilating him. He's like, well, we saw him last week kill Franklin, right? So we've seen oh, him okay, kill that's somebody. True, but that's but so this, this is the first time we've seen him like do his thing mutilate like, like, someone right yeah mm-hmm. like or he's like trying to make it look like somebody else right mm-hmm. right versus like not the chesapeake ripper right he's d- doing the thing where he's trying to imitate another killer so it's really mm-hmm. interesting to, to kind of like as the season has gone on we've seen more and more of like hannibal the killer yeah um and like, like when he's when he's mutilating dr Sutcliffe, georgia walks in right mm-hmm um, with face blindness and all. With face blindness and all. It's a, it's a nice little special effect where she can't see Hannibal's face and um, Hannibal just walks by and hands her yeah, the, the, yeah, the blade. He's like, good evening. And he like leaves. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't say that, but it's it's kind of funny. That, yeah, it's very oh, slick. Uh, he just hands it to her yeah. and walks out. It's tag team, yeah. right? She just tagged in the ring and uh, she'll, <laughs> yeah, she'll, pin his, <laughs> she'll pin him. She'll pin him. Yeah, leaves her, leaves her <laughs> to get hit by the chair or whatever. <laughs> The suit design, the plastic suit design, it's 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 pretty cool. It's very creepy it, too. Yeah, and it is really funny that um, he still wears his actual suit underneath it. Like he still he mm-hmm. doesn't wear like normal clothes. He still has to look uh, super dapper <laughs> when he does his mm-hmm. killings. I guess. All right, all right. So I don't. What I don't really understand is that Doctor Sutcliffe was on board with his little experiment. So why did Hannibal? Kill I think him? it's just somebody that he's knows out of like loose end. Yeah, yeah. Because like I guess like end, right? okay, I guess Doctor Sutcliffe already falsified the report, so like he doesn't need him anymore, right? And now he he just knows about yeah. Hannibal's. Uh, well, he doesn't know he's a serial killer, but he knows that he's very unethical, right? So yeah. it's like the okay. the less anybody everybody knows about his situation, the better, right? It's kind of like last week. I think yeah. that's why he has to deal with Tobias last week is because he Tobias knew too much information. And I think Sutcliffe knows too much information. But then he leaves Georgia like he doesn't kill her right away. Mm. So it's it's like kind of like, well, you kill Sutcliffe. 
because he well, knew I don't something. think he has cover to kill in Georgia. How's he? Because because like Georgia yeah, is the scapegoat yeah. for Sutcliffe. So like if he kills Georgia, then who the hell killed Georgia? Right. right. That's true. That's true. And he does have that comment about like, well, let's hope she didn't see. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 I think she. He's always ready to take advantage of those situations where if he needs to eliminate someone to protect his cover, he's ready to do it. Yeah. Also, we we talked about this with the last episode about how unrealistic it was for uh, Larry Wells to lift that gigantic totem pole full of dead bodies on the beach, right? But like, this is something like just just as like unbelievable, right? Because this girl, Georgia, she's got like all of these different kinds of maladies. She they even say she might be a leper she might have leprosy right and she tracks will down from like delaware all the way to maryland in like the freezing cold she's not wearing anything she's just wearing the the dress that she's wearing right and mm-hmm. that's that's all she's wearing um how does she make it from delaware all the way to maryland and like that blood-stained outfit yeah, very weird. <laughs> They yeah, just gloss over. I, like the show definitely like glosses over some of the more uh, logistical things in favor of its imagery. So it's, uh, also, Will's got to get some better security, man. Like we've seen Hannibal break into his house. Dogs mm-hmm. didn't do anything, and then now you know there's a girl sleeping under his bed. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, to be fair, Hannibal didn't break into his house. Will gave him the key. Oh, does he? Right? Yeah, his, house yeah, his house sitting. Yeah, he's house sitting. Oh, you're right. Yeah, 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 to yeah, to yeah, feed yeah. the yes, dogs. Yes, yes, yes. You're right. But this, Still. this girl definitely did break into his house. Break his house and sleeping under his bed, which is super yeah, creepy. Yeah, where, they, where, yeah where, where were your dogs then, man? Useless. Yeah, I mean, The exactly. dogs woke, woke him up. Liked. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, didn't stop her from getting under the bed. But that, that, was, that was terrifying a little bit, you know, to jump out of bed and just like, I can't even imagine if someone was just hiding under my bed while I was in the middle of the night sleeping. Right. Like that just the imagery of that just really creepy to me. That's a very yeah. primal fear of the kid that you know a kid or a monster under the bed type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah. guess um Yeah, I but mean, also yeah. this episode ends without showdown. Uh there's no like Georgia isn't killed, she isn't like apprehended. Um it's just Will Well she is apprehended, and, right? She's I mean she's the, apprehended, but like yeah. it's not like She's dragged out of the house or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, She's taken to the ICU and, like, they take care of her. And it's interesting. Will makes, like, a connection with her, you know? I mean, I don't don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say. Um, I mean, this this story does – doesn't end here. It does kind of continue Mm -hmm. on. Um, Not just to give anything away. But, yeah, I think you're right. There is not a – big resolution by the end of this episode mm-hmm. for the georgia magic character or yeah for, for that for that character so I, I think you're right in kind of uh your reading of this episode but if anyone's frustrated with that then they'll know that i think it's next episode i can't quite remember they do resolve mm-hmm. it further uh one last thing or at least one last thing i wanted to bring up was the the growing relationship we got with beverly and will Mm-hmm. This episode, I mean, he will more and more now trust Beverly to kind of be more a little bit more honest with his condition, but not fully, right? He hasn't told her everything, but you can mm-hmm. definitely see that there's moments where, he, you know, he it seems like he'd rather go to Beverly and work with Beverly than go straight to Jack at first. Mm-hmm. So I do like that. Um, we've seen instances throughout the season already. I would too, because Jack is actively bad for a while, right? Um, yeah. He's always pushing him into these situations that are not good for his mental health um yeah yeah but, even jack rick like it's the, the worst part is that jack recognizes it, he right? knows yeah he knows and so, he keeps bringing it up here's a question is i mean i guess there's got there's an aspect of this which is actually will reacting poorly to the stress of his job and the situations he's stressed into but he also does have encephalitis right so like mm-hmm. how much can you blame on jack and how much can you blame on the fact that he has an illness that isn't being properly taken care of because of Hannibal? Right. I mean, what we can blame on Jack is that Jack recognizes that there's something wrong with Will, and he, in his power, has the right to also end this. Right? He and keeps he asking Will, right. like, "Do you want to end mm-hmm. it?" Like, no, you also have a responsibility. I mean, and you, you could, could stop him, and you're not. You doing could it. fire yeah, Will, right, but right, you're right. not doing that's it. True. Yeah, that's true. Or put him in furlough or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah so absolutely. it's like it is like Jack isn't, for me at least, in these last couple of episodes, isn't. In the best light, because... Yeah, no, he's yeah, not acting yeah, yeah. in Will's best interest, right? He's acting right. in the best interest. Because Jack doesn't need to know if he, is, he has encephalitis or if 
doing this is just bad for him. Either way, it's bad for Will, right? So, like, he has all the power to stop it, but he doesn't want to. Um, but, so, like, what is the seed of the encephalitis that Will has? When do we first see that? Is it the Angel Maker episode? Or the first episode where he's sleepwalking? That's probably the first manifestation of it, right? Is that... Yeah, I don't... I don't yeah, it's pretty I mean, early on, though, I think. Yeah, it's pretty early on. Well, the one thing I remember is, like, there was the... What was the episode where he he, he goes outside and he's sleepwalking and the police wake him up, right? Was that right. the first... Well, that was the first instance of him sleepwalking. Yeah. Right, so... Was that the earliest? Yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, think so, that was yeah. the thing that... Is, is he having headaches in episode one? No, I don't think so. I don't think I don't think okay. he's having headaches in episode one. No. Yeah, but then this goes back to I think you know we we talked about it the scene where also Hannibal smells Will right and he mm-hmm. and then right after he smells Will he asks Will if he's okay and Will said he, he's been having headaches. Mm, that's so true. like what episode it, was that? Yeah. yeah. Mm. So I think I mean this this kind of confirms that yeah. like, Hannibal's known it for a while, especially when he se- he tells Sutcliffe like I smelled it on Will right. Mm-hmm. So I, I did want to ask you guys. I, I remember on our very first episode we mentioned like we we had our little talk about Will's power, and mm-hmm. I remember you, Amir, you kind of mentioned like sometimes you you don't see where he gets those. He grasps onto things that maybe like lead him, or, or maybe a little bit too convenient, and he kind of like no, I just I just don't like the super poweriness of it it can be a little hokey but there's times where it's it's fine i mean yeah it depends totally how they portray it like i didn't like the the lights and the it was my design thing and the less they mm. do that the more i kind of like it okay because mm-hmm. um, no, i was gonna ask like i mean it's it, it does seem like hannibal has the the same power right like there's there's leaps of logic smell. that just oh, hannibal yeah, all of sure. a sudden knows oh, yeah, like absolutely. abigail was was helping her father or like you know what I mean? Like he he seems to know things without ever explaining to us either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Hannibal's definitely also, um, like you know, bit of an unrealistic character. And you know, the the show's emphasis, as we've said multiple times, is not realism, right? It's on imagery and mm. yeah. like these really interesting character relationships and Hannibal's kind of cruelty and uh, uh, emotional manipulation. It's not about realism, so um, you just kind of have to put that aside and enjoy the ride. For the record, I still like the the line. This is my design. Am I outvoted on this? No, I mean the leaps in logic are definitely like I've learned to ignore them, and it's just I just I'm not a huge fan of them. Um, I don't really mind the the swinging pendulum or like this is my design thing as much. It's it's like it's like theater, right? But like. Um, that's just part of the show. That's that's the line that he says. It's it's fine. I just don't really like how he jumps to all these conclusions just because of his empathy. Mm-hmm. Because in real life, like empathy isn't a superpower. You can't like tell how something exactly happened just because you can relate to the person who did it. Right? That's not how it works. But I mean, it's it's a it's a show with its visual flourishes, and um, you just you just accept that part of the show and. And you move on. And I think we've all done that, right? Like, even you, Amir, like, you you just accept it, right? Even if, yeah, if it doesn't yeah, sit exactly right it. with you. Yeah, no, exactly. No. I mean, I will yeah. admit, if every time he did his power and they did the yellow swishy bars and he every time he said, this is my design, I'd probably get tired of it too. So I do <laughs> like that they, they don't do it every time. And they, they don't do it every sparing, time, which is... They sparingly which use is it. Good. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that will conclude this week's episode. Uh, Jeff, where can people find... You. Uh, you can find me on my blog at strangeharbors.com or you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at strangeharbors. What about you guys? Um, you can check me out on Letterboxd. And what about you, Derek? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at the wrong dig, dig spelled D A Y I K. And if you liked this podcast, one way you can help us grow this podcast is to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any of the other popular podcast apps. And another way to help us for free and would really help us get our podcast out to many, many more people is to rate our podcast because, you know, it, it kind of affects the algorithms and helps us push us forward so that our podcast um, is heard and seen by more, more people on the various podcast platforms. Yeah. And uh, if you guys have any 
questions, comments, suggestions, or uh, anything that we missed, please feel free to shoot us an email at jeff at strangeharbors.com. We like getting emails. We like sometimes read the emails on air. So um, if you got them, send them over. I guess that was it. That was our design, guys. See you over the next week. That was our design. <laughs> I don't like it when you say it to me. No, it's kidding. Uh, ouch. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. Just Very kidding. Very rude, Derek. I to find my way to California. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll see everyone next week. See you all next week. Yeah. See you oh, guys actually, next week. actually, actually, just to bring it up. Uh, if you guys haven't seen it yet, I mean, the cast and crew of Hannibal did a, a, a reunion on Nerds, yeah, Nerdist. Yeah, on, on Nerdist, yeah. So, yeah, mm-hmm. you can find it on YouTube. We're not going to go into it. I mean, we're, there wasn't really any, like, s- super special details that released or, or really um, mentioned during it. But it, it's just a fun watch. So, if you're a fan yeah, of really Hannibal. Yeah, fun watch. Everyone came, pretty much everyone came back. Except um, for, what's her name? I, the one person I, I missed was, uh, was it? Oh, I don't remember. How, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Laura Jean. Uh, Trastecki. Trastecki. Uh, Freddie Lounge. Yeah, yeah, yeah she, she wasn't up. there. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne, uh, notably. Oh, upset. you're right. Lawrence Fishburne wasn't there mm-hmm. either. I don't know why I didn't um, notice that. <laughs> yeah. That's terrible. Uh, but not, nothing too, I mean, if, if you listen to this podcast and you're watching along, there will be spoilers on this uh, this reunion special. So mm-hmm. I would be careful with that. Everyone is back for the reunion mostly. Um, Casey Roll was there, the producer, uh, Martha De Laurentiis, who's the producer of the show, uh, Janice Poon, the the food designer, the uh, super yeah. talented food designer for the show, was on it too. Just just a fun watch. Mads Mickelson. Um, Brian Fuller, they're all there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hugh Dancy, Jillian Anderson, um, yeah, and some characters that have not yet shown up on this podcast yet. So, so this um, this is maybe terrible. I had no idea Jillian Anderson wasn't American. Oh yeah, yeah, she is not American. Yeah, I had no idea. Um, so this is the first time I've actually heard a real accent because I don't yeah. think I've ever heard her like talk in like interviews and stuff. So yeah, that was I learned something. Yeah. Also, I learned that um, uh, we've been pronouncing Carolyn Davernis's name wrong. It's actually Caroline. Oh. Really? She's French-Canadian, so she actually changed it. She used to call herself Caroline, but then someone said Caroline, and she's like, oh, I like that. So then, so I guess we're technically right, but mm. um, she's French-Canadian, so that, oh, okay, cool. that's the explanation there. But, <laughs> Um, yeah yeah she she was on there too so yeah it's, it's fun fun little reunion and also i feel like the biggest news is that brian fuller said that he is very optimistic that they will find a home for season four so yeah a good it does, it does seem half like a decade after its original run so definitely the read is more optimistic than pessimistic on that part so i if anything watch it for the fun and Get your hopes up, and if you really want it, I don't know, just at Netflix or something. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that will conclude this week's episode, and I guess we'll see you guys all next week. All right. See you next week, everybody. Yeah, see you guys next week.